Hello, my dear listeners. I want to tell you about a tool that is invaluable to nurse practitioners at any stage in their career, and it's called Visual DX, and it's like having a second opinion in your pocket. Visual DX has the world's most diverse library of medical images, a custom differential builder, and peer-reviewed info on thousands of diagnoses. With Visual DX, you can confidently take care of all patients, and honestly, I've been using it for years. Podcast listeners, you can try Visual DX today for half off by visiting visualdx.com slash resume rx50 to get your discount. Again, that's visualdx.com slash resume rx50. Welcome to the Nurse Becoming Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Guarneri from the Resume RX, and this is the podcast that's dedicated to empowering and encouraging nurses along your path of professional and self-discovery. As a nurse practitioner, mom, and business owner, I'm on a mission to help you figure out how to leave your lasting impact on the world, all while bravely and fearlessly growing along the way. Join me for honest conversations and inspiring stories about personal and professional growth all through the lens of nursing. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Nurse Becoming Podcast. It's your host, Amanda Gornieri. Thank you for joining me this week, where we're going to talk all about becoming a dermatology NP with my guest expert, Susan Main. I am excited for this conversation. I'm excited to bring it to you because I know that dermatology in particular is one of those specialties where people are really curious about it and kind of want to know how to become a derm NP. What does it look like day to day? And I was able to ask Susan all of these questions. So Susan is a doctorally prepared nurse practitioner affiliated with University Hospitals in Cleveland, Ohio. And in this episode, we kind of get into it. I ask her kind of all my burning questions about the field of dermatology, which uh, I'm sure will overlap with many of your burning questions about dermatology. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi, Susan. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. I'm really excited to talk to you. And I have already introduced you, you know, in my introduction, but I'd love to hear in your own words. Uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do, and we'll go from there. So my name is Susan Main. I'm a nurse practitioner uh, in dermatology with University Hospitals of Cleveland Medical Center. I also am a clinical instructor for Case Western Reserve University, and that is what I do. Awesome. And in this episode today, we're going to dive into a little bit about your journey into dermatology, and we'll talk a little bit about the specialty itself. Before we do that, I'd love to hear a little bit about your nursing journey. Kind of tell us where you started in terms of when you you went to nursing school, what your nursing career looked like, and then your pathway to becoming a nurse practitioner. So being an NP, this is my third profession. My life has not been boring. Um, and I can tell you, it's rough to start at the bottom about every 10 years. So I've, I'm very fickle in my professions. I started as a paramedic for the city of Cleveland. So that gave me a good taste of healthcare. 
uh, worked my way up to public safety and decided I did not like politics. So got out of that, got into finance, did that for 10 years, did very well, but then discovered that, you know, good pay does not equal happiness. <laughs> so I took a fast track through nursing school, got my BSN in an accelerated program over Kent State University in uh, Kent, Ohio, and got a job as a staff nurse working on a step down and decided very quickly that that was a bit torturous for me. And at that point, I was, you know, in my late 30s, early 40s and uh, working night shift all the time. It was a lot of fun because I was with young people, but uh, I just I, I just don't have the stamina I used to have on night shift. So got into an NP program all through networking, did that and got lucky enough to meet a colleague and a current nurse practitioner with UH who let me kind of have a foot in the door. And I've been doing DERM ever since. I love it. I love to hear you know, alternative paths into our profession. I had a similar, uh, this is a second career for me as well. So I also kind of had a fast track into nursing and eventually into advanced practice nursing. So I love to kind of hear all the different ways that we can kind of come together in our profession. And also really excited and happy to hear that through the power of networking, you landed where you are. And so I'm curious to know, you know, did you have your sights set on dermatology or did it kind of happen to be where you landed and, and turned into what you love? What's what's the story behind that? It must have been divine intervention. I, I had no idea. You know, I think that in NP school, when you do your clinical rotations, you learn what you don't like doing more so than kind of what you like. So I knew, you know, I, I knew what I didn't like and I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted, but I know my personality. Uh, again, you know, monotony sneaks up on me very quickly. So I did want something that was going to be, you know, tough, but also I would have a good work-life balance. So it just happened to be, I was working at a bank with a, a colleague of mine, his wife, was an NP in Durham. And it just so happened to work out. She'd helped me get a foot into the door at UH. And that's kind of how I ended up there. I had no idea I would love it as much as I do. And since day one, I have not had a boring day, that's for sure. <laughs> I bet not. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about kind of the your your day-to-day -day life in dermatology. Because I feel derm can be a pretty I mean, it's a specialty, but it can also be a pretty big specialty. So can you tell me more about kind of what type of patients you're seeing, what type of clinic environment you're in, you know, what that daily clinic life looks like for you? So for your listeners, Amanda, you know, you, you've got to kind of think about your future. You know, you're young right now. You think you might want to do acute care, but, you know, when you're, when you're 40 or 50, that might not work out so well. So <laughs> the nice thing about nursing is that we can we can move into different areas and maybe take different pathways without having to go back for you know another eight years of schooling. Durham just provides everything that I was looking for that I might not have known I was looking for. So my day to day is patients every fifteen minutes. Durham is very procedural based too, so I get to do the clinic stuff where you're doing skin checks, you're dealing with rashes. I don't do cosmetics. I'm just clinical dermatology. So. You know, we do a lot of that. 
we try and figure out, and there are thousands of different rashes, so it makes it kind of hard. And really, it's all about whittling down your differential. But I also get to do a lot of procedures. So we do a lot of biopsies. We do a lot of cryotherapy. We do, you know, some cautery, some lasers. We get to do a lot of that also. And there aren't too many emergencies in dermatology. So again, I get a nice work-life balance. With, with this career and with this specialty in particular. Yeah, for sure. My clinical background is in emergency medicine as an NP. God bless and you. I know, right? <laughs> and, you know, of all the EDs that I've worked at, you know, there would be an on-call list of all the providers who, you know, basically on call for all the different specialties that you could need off hours. And then when I was at a level one trauma center, all those folks were were in-house and we could basically get any consult any time of day. And I will definitely say that dermatology has never has never been on the I, list. I got lucky on that front. <laughs> you definitely <laughs> You definitely did. I think my listeners and my community is made up of uh, a mix of nurses, aspiring NPs, new NPs, and also, you know, mid-career and, and more veteran NPs as well. And dermatology is definitely a specialty that a lot of people are are interested in and I think hungry to learn more about what that day-to-day looks like. And so, you know, I appreciate you sharing that. And it, it does sound like the best of both worlds, especially for someone who's procedural oriented and likes that kind of mix in your day of, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. seeing patients, talking to patients, assessing, but also getting to use your hands for those technical skills. Yeah, it's great. Now, you mentioned at the top of our episode that you also do some clinical instruction. So tell me what your your non-clinical professional life looks like. We're an academic institution, so we do a lot of lecturing. I've done some national conferences. We do a lot for the local schools. You know, anybody who comes to us and and needs, you know, even a lecture at a university, because Derm is tough, and you could really fall down that rabbit hole, lecturing in Derm. So we do a lot of lectures nationally, locally, CASE, the NPs, and the PAs. We do some lectures there. We do a whole great amount of stuff, so. Yeah, that's great. I think, you know, Derm is a tough specialty. I, I never feel like I can learn enough, right? I can never see enough pictures of different variations of things. I can never learn enough new random and common findings. And Me neither. You know, I I still, even today, I still learn something, something new most days. You know, for anyone listening who might be considering dermatology as a specialty, do you do you have any advice in terms of how they can either explore whether or not it's right for them or get a foot in the door if they if they know that it is? You know, as with all things, network, network, network. So get out there, get your name out there, you know, meet a lot of people because it's true. I, I'm a little older and, and I know, and I'm a little wiser than some of you, you know, 20 or, or youngins out there listening, but it really is who you know. So if you are interested in dermatology or any other specialty for that matter, get out there, get your name out there, you know, do some networking, get some clinical rotations if you can. I'm always happy to take anyone on clinical rotations, um, especially shadowing. That's just so easy. But it's more about, you know, getting to know those providers and seeing a little bit about, you know, what the day would look like. So network, 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 go to conferences. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of conferences, you know, listen to podcasts, get to know these people, get to know names, reach out to them. So yeah, you, you couldn't do enough networking, I think. 
I completely agree with you. And one of the topics that we talk about a lot in my community is is how to find and land your dream job, especially when you know what it is. And a lot of what I talk about is is networking and those things that go beyond just the kind of transactional, you know, sending of a resume or uploading, you know, a cover letter or whatever it is. You know, we at the end of the day, as much as the world tries to automate things, it's the human connection that's still is what transcends all that and helps us get where we want to go. So I'm I'm happy to hear you uh, recommend the same thing that that I recommend. So that's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to talk a little bit about in your experience how the field of dermatology has evolved. You know, with technology advancements, different resources and tools, and we can also talk about Visual DX, which is the sponsor of today's episode, which is, you know, to tell a little story, I've been using Visual DX for years in the emergency department. It's a tool that I've always had available to me through my employer. And it has just been so incredibly helpful in building diagnoses, especially visual and skin diagnoses. So I'd love to hear from you kind of your your thoughts on technology and advancements in the field. So we've come a long way. And let me just start off by saying, Visual DX does not pay me to talk about them, but I love them so very dearly. Some of us have been lucky enough in specialty to actually have gone through residency. So at university hospitals, I was lucky enough to go through the medical residency, less the surgical part. So two years out of a three-year residency. So it is very intimidating when you're with these, you know, enormous brains as, as we are as MPs, but you know, sometimes it's a little bit of a pushback from our physician colleagues. So I can tell you for sure, find that, and I call them the short-term and the long-term fixes. So, so that, you know, what's so beautiful about Visual DX is that you can have a conversation or be in grand rounds. In fact, it started with grand rounds where we would have to start talking and come up with a differential, talk about that diagnosis. And Visual DX just saved my butt there. In my daily life, Visual DX helped me to make a very quick decision because when you start in clinic for, for all of those entering practice, you know, you're not going to have a whole lot of help. You might be on your own. You might be panicked. You will be panicking. You know, you, you don't want to kill anyone, but, you, but you, you need a little bit of time to figure out what you're dealing with sometimes. So I would go into a room and I would see a rash and I would start to panic inside. I would politely tell them I'm going to do a little more digging into their medical record and then step out and pull up my visual DX immediately. And the beautiful thing about this is you could put in your differential, you could, with dermatology and visual DX has a ton of different specialties, including, you know, ER and primary care too, ENT, pulmonary cardiology, put in what you think or what you're looking at and just kind of describe it, especially for dermatology, and it would come up with this beautiful list of differentials. So it helped me very quickly whittle down a differential. So is this infectious? Is this inflammatory? Okay. And then the information that you get on Visual DX is very succinct. So I could look very quickly. It would take me a matter of minutes to come up with with something good. Okay. 
very quickly to not only know what I'm dealing with, but kind of get a background about it, know the codes and know the therapy, know the best test to actually diagnose what I think I might be looking at, and then know the the best therapies for what I'm looking at. Now, later on, and that helped me get through clinic. Okay. That's when I was brand new. Later on, then you get onto things like up to date and where you can get lost in links for hours and hours. So if you want all of the details, up to date is great. If you want a very concise and it's very updated, it's wonderful software, then Visual DX is what you need in clinic. And, you know, prior to all of that, we used to, and I don't know if your listeners still do this, but you bring all these books to clinic thinking you're going to have time to use them. And you just don't. You don't. Your day is chaotic. So, you know, Give yourself these resources. You, you're, you're worth it. You know, spend the money to do it. It is, it is worth every single ounce, every penny of it. Another thing I use it for is currently, you know, you want to make sure that your patients are compliant. So one thing NPs are very good at is counseling. Okay. We're nurses. We're good at counseling. We're good at explaining things. And it really does help your patients to be compliant. Visual DX has really good concise patient handouts. It is what I use currently in clinic. Sometimes I even bring my computer in with me to show my patients the pictures because you get these patients who have, you know, Googled what they think their diagnosis is. And then they just want to disagree with you sometimes. So sometimes you have to prove to them, you know, exactly what you're doing. And Visual DX does help me do that. So you could Google this stuff all day long. You are not going to get a concise and precise you know, answer for what you think you might be dealing with. And remember that you're going to be out there, you're going to be doing your day to day. Another thing about, you know, these programs, especially Visual DX, it reminds me of things I don't think of. So when you're looking at a scaly rash, you know, was there recent travel, then sometimes you don't think of these infectious things that come from other countries. There are conditions that you see very rarely that you forgot, you know, you've left it way back in residency or during your, you know, other education. And, and that kind of, it kind of reminds you that maybe this could be, even though it's very rare, it could be something like that. So that's when you go home, you know, you do, you do your research, you take the time and it really does save your life. It saves your life because you are not stuck there you know, trying to figure out patient to patient exactly what you're you're looking at. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. And I, I feel like in school, you know, or at least when I graduated school, I, I felt like I had a pretty good handle on how to describe a rash, right? Like I can tell you what a macular, you know, if it's macular, is it papular? Is it maculopapular? And I feel like if you can you know, harness that and make sure you know how to describe what you're seeing, then that's what I would do is I would take it over to Visual DX and I would, you know, do the differential builder and describe the rash with the different checkboxes. And then a whole library of different pictures would show up and I could scroll through and, and and pick out, oh, that's that's what I'm looking at. That's exactly it. Or, you know, it looks kind of like this, but not like this. Or, add different parameters to the differential builder and, you know, say, okay, this person hasn't traveled or yes, they do have a fever and it can really, really just filter and narrow down and show you a variety of different variations of the same thing, which I think is what's so challenging about dermatology, right? Like our textbooks are notorious for showing us everything on you know, light skin tones. Uh, but that's yeah. not the reality of what we're seeing, right? We're seeing a whole variety of skin tones and conditions and rashes are going to look so much different depending on 
who has that rash or condition. Exactly. And skin of color is, is difficult, especially with rashes. But, you know, you also have race and built and culture built into medicine. So it also takes that into account, you know, where African-Americans are, you know, more likely to have sarcoidosis, you know, stuff like that. So Visual DX does a beautiful job showing you, telling you, and having you consider all of these other things that you might not have thought of otherwise. And I remember during my clinical rotations, the one thing that really, really stopped me in my tracks were those rashes or those lesions, you know, it really was difficult because there are, there are just thousands of different diagnoses in dermatology. It's not all acne and warts. And, you know, if you could say to Visual DX, listen, I don't see a vesicle, but I see scale. You've just whittled your differential down by hundreds of diagnoses. So, so, and that's how we diagnose in derm. It's all, it's all differential and it's all, you know, what does it look like? What are the characteristics of the rash? And that's something that, you know, a physical textbook doesn't have the ability to do, right? That's where we really have to be grateful to technology for evolving with us because really in a textbook, unless you know what you're looking at, you're not going to find what you right. what you need to know, right? That's what's so different about carrying those books into clinic like like we used to do however many years ago. It's a good learning tool too. Yes. Yes, for sure. And you know, I I get questions all the time about, you know, either NP students or new NPs really wanting to know cuz you know they're such sponges wanting to soak up all the information and know, okay, what what do I need to have at my disposal, you know, during the actual clinic day and you know, having those tools either on your work computer or your phone, I think are so helpful. In addition to, of course, having mentors or collaborators with you in the clinic who can help you with your decision-making, because as I'm sure you remember, you know, those first few months or years can be really challenging as we get our footing as new providers. Absolutely. And I'm telling you, your patients, they're kind of like our pets, where in they can sense when we are not confident or when we're scared. So don't let them sense that. Visual DX, uh, another thing that it did was it gave me the confidence to walk back into that room and say, here's what I really do think is going on and here's how we're going to treat it. And I could do that confidently because I'm telling you patients sense that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> can you talk a little bit more about, you know, you mentioned before how you would kind of get out of the room to look some things up. And um, I'd love to hear your approach to that conversation. So let's say you're looking at something and and you're really not sure what you're looking at. Do you ever say, hey, I really don't know what this is? How do you tactfully involve the patient, but also be honest and let them know that you are going to consult some some other brains, whether it's a person brain or a resource brain? So there is the the new NP me, and then there is the there is the current me. So so <laughs> right now I've had enough experience where I can say confidently, listen, I, you know, here's what I'm thinking. I think it's this or this, you know, and my options are we could do a biopsy and we do a lot of them in Durham because, because it is tough. We could do a biopsy, whittle it down to, you know, a general idea of what we've got going on. Or I can say, listen, I'm, I have an idea of what this is. You know, if they want me to share with, with them what, what I think it is, I'll be happy to do so. 
But then I say, but I'm going to talk to some colleagues because I know that multiple brains are better than just one. And I have no problem doing that. And again, to me, that almost shows confidence where you, you say, I, you know, I, I'm not sure what I'm looking at. Most wouldn't be, but if we can get this group of people together, then we can, we can better figure out a, a treatment plan for you. And, you know, again, I have biopsies. So, so those always help out in dermatology too. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, as as a prior patient, I think it's I find it very respectful when a provider is able to say, "Hey, I'm not 100% sure, but here's what we're going to do to figure it out or mm-hmm. here's, you know, I'm going to reassure you that it's not X, Y, and Z. You know, I'm confident that it's not life-threatening or or whatever it is." Uh, and I I find so many new providers see that as a big sign of weakness. So I I like to underscore whenever possible that it's okay to admit when you don't know as long as you are Absolutely. you know telling them what you do know and also how you're going to take things the next step. Right, have a plan. Have a plan. When and when I first started I would just try to very quickly escape the room. And mostly I use the excuse I'm just going to dig a little deeper into your chart and pull up my visual DX go back in, know that I wasn't going to kill them by just applying topical steroids. And that would buy me a little bit of time to do some very deep research and learning and and then bring them back very quickly and, and kind of go from there. So so as a new NP, you know, be humble, know that know that this is going to be it's going to be tough at first. You know, it's it, it's better stages of learning. You know, you, you move from novice and then you, you kind of move up, but you become more confident as time rolls on. Being an RN, it happened that way too. You're just you're just kind of a mess when you first start out. But work with good people, good people who don't judge. And I would even pull other physicians or other NPs into the room with me and have them take a look, and we would just discuss it even in front of the patient. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I think from the patient's perspective, like that makes you feel important, and that you know, whatever you're presenting with is is worth the time to look at. You know, I feel like we can have experiences where maybe we feel dismissed as patients or, you know, we're evaluated very quickly and we can interpret that as they don't care about us or whatever, but uh, which may or may not be the case. But I've found that patients are actually very happy to have mm-hmm. as many hands on deck or as many eyes on things as possible. So just reassuring our newer NPs that it's okay to ask for help and is not a sign of weakness. Exactly. Definitely not. As we wrap up, one of the final questions that I like to ask has to do with kind of what's next for you in terms of your next professional goal or something that you're hoping to achieve either soon or within the next few years of your career. So I'd love to hear if you have any kind of big plans or goals uh, for the future or hopes and dreams that you'd like to share with us? You know, all my friends and family, they keep telling me, Sue, don't change your mind again. You're just too old. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't think you're ever too old to change your mind about something. Now, I love Derm. And we as NPs, in the grand scheme of things, we are relatively new. We are a relatively new profession. It is a struggle, especially now in specialty. I think that we've warmed the hearts of those in primary care. And I don't know, Amanda, what your experience is, but in a specialty like this, it can be a bit of a struggle, not only with our patients, but with our physician colleagues. Mm. So either you could be that one who was just crushed by some of the pushback or that one who can be a pioneer. And, and that's the beautiful thing about this profession right now. We are 
more and more moving into specialties. We are branching out so we can be these pioneers. We could write that historical document. You know, there is tons of opportunity, but with that comes a lot of responsibility. So just continuously learn. And and we know that as, as RNs and as NPs, you've got to keep up with your profession because what we knew a couple months ago has changed now. So, and it is just moving and it is moving rapidly. So stay up to date with everything. Know that you will always be a lifelong learner. It's never going to end. Understand data and statistics. That really does help as far as, you know, your confidence and your credibility also. And just continue to network, continue to learn. I, if I, if I had a good 30 more years in me, as far as my profession goes, I would love to go back. And I talk about it all the time. That's why I get on the pushback from my family. Go back to law school and be an advocate for nursing, because I don't think it's out there. I would love to make the argument, you know, especially working inpatient. Um, we just don't have, we don't have those those cheerleaders on the side or those who are going to say, no, you can't do that. You can't do that to nurses and enough is enough because we have a hard time saying no, don't we? I mean, we we are very maternal in nature. It is difficult for us to say no and we want to be there to help. And in doing so, I think we kind of extend ourselves a little too, too thin. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Susan, it's been a delight to chat with you. Thank you so much for sharing your story about your specialty. And I'm just very grateful to have met you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, that does it for today. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you have found today's episode helpful and you would like to support the Nurse Becoming podcast, I invite you to buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash nursebecoming. I appreciate your support. This helps me create more content for you to enjoy and benefit from in the future. Also, would you consider giving me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so already? It will truly help other nurses find the show and know that it's worth listening to. For more information about this episode, as well as a place to submit your questions or suggestions for future episodes or guests, head to nursebecoming.com. I can't wait to connect with you soon. And until next time, remember, I am always rooting for you.